Hi, this is Charles Maxwood, and I've been asked more times than I can count, how do I stay current? There's a lot to this question, and I'm working on a solution, code badges. That's right. You heard me right. Basically, the idea is, is that you come and do a code badge, and that gets you an introduction to a topic. Then you can decide if you want to pursue it further. But while working on the badge, you gain enough proficiency to be able to pick it up again if you need. A lot of technology comes through on the bleeding edge, and not all of it sticks, but the principles do. So doing badges on the technologies that will get you ahead will provide you with experience needed to stay competitive. Plus, it offers social proof that you know something about the topic. The project is on Kickstarter right now. You can support it and get on the launch list at codebadge.org. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another My Ruby Story. This week, we're talking to Victor Shepalov. Victor, do you want to say hi? Hi, everybody. Now, uh, we talked to you as we record this about a month ago, and the episode was actually released last week. So if people want to go check it out, the episode of Ruby Rogues was episode 369, or 367, sorry, uh, talking about Ruby core language evolution and moving toward functional programming with with Ruby. So anyway, uh, let's go ahead and jump in and just uh, talk through some of this and, and, and see where you come from. So... Uh, before we do that, though, do you want to just give a brief introduction to who you are, kind of where, you know, where you work, that kind of thing? Yeah, I'm uh, Viktor Shepelev. I'm living in Ukraine, uh, Kharkiv, uh, working for Israeli speech-to-text startup Verbit AI, and proud, proud to do so, uh, doing a lot of open source, uh, writing, writing a bit of poetry, and uh, that's it about me. <laughs> Awesome. I love the poetry bit. I think that's awesome. <laughs> well, let's jump in and talk about you. How did you get into programming? Well, that's a tragic story uh, because when I was in uh, probably eighth grade, I was uh, skyriding uh, sky at winter and broke my leg. And uh, entire winter I was at home and I was very bored. And at that point I had like IBM PC to 86, I believe it was, and like in a week, uh, all all those time games were ended, like Prince of Persia, Dave 2, uh, you know, this, this, this old stuff. And uh, then I find out that uh, if I uh, want to occupy my mind with, with something this, this boring winter when I can't, can't move anywhere, I have uh, really cool, this really cool program on my computer named uh, Borland Pascal 5. Yeah, this shiny blue thing on the doors. And uh, that was it for me. Since uh, eighth grade, uh, I never uh, never regretted that uh, I uh, started to program and never never stopped it since then for the last like 20 years or something. Right, that's awesome. Man, I remember things like Prince of Persia. And <laughs> yeah, fun times, fun times. So you found the Borland uh, system on your computer. And what was it that made you stick with programming? Well, I believe that uh, it's a magic of making something that works. Like uh, the entire computer thing was uh, pretty new at those times, uh, especially on like post-Soviet space. It was something very exotic. And when uh, you not just can run some game, but you can write the program that really does something like the real thing. It was magic that was, uh, still, still fascinates me, to be honest. Awesome. So I'm curious then, how did you get into Ruby? 
Well, my uh, programming story, it is in fact a story of search of a uh, like perfect language. Uh, not perfect in the world for everybody, but perfect, perfect for me personally. I have the theory that uh, there are several kinds of pro um, good programming uh, attitudes. And uh, I belong to, to the ones that I call writers. Uh, the programmers that write programs like they write texts. They just want uh, to write some, I don't know, short texts that will be pretty, that will expose the meanings, and uh, uh, I will like the text. Uh, I am a right poet. <laughs> and uh, when, I, when I write in uh, Ruby, I, I also, not like I am writing poetry, uh, but uh, I... I, uh, I also write texts, and uh, that's that what I'm thinking about. And uh, it was a hard quest for me. For some time, I really loved C++. Uh, it was like complicated, yet really expressive. And, uh, it was, I believe, beginning beginning of the 2000s years. And uh, at that time, uh, of uh, all options I, I saw, well, if you want to express meaning shorts, uh, short, uh, create uh, like uh, cool abstractions so you can uh, write something uh, very, very powerful in one or two lines and so on and so on, it was C++. But uh, turned out that uh, for me it was not powerful or expressive enough. So all in all, I ended up in like digging too deep into, okay, I'll, I'll implement it this way or that way and uh, almost never finish anything. And uh, I started to search uh, what else I can do. Right. At some point, I even uh, like semi-professionally semi started to be a computer historian and uh, programming languages uh, geek uh, and tried like uh, everything that, that I could run. And if I can't run, I, I just read, read the texts uh, about this language. At some point, I was stuck with Perl. As I, I like to recite uh, Bjarne Strauss, through the creator of C++ language, in uh, one personal communication with me, I, I, I was lucky to communicate with him personally through, through email. He said that he likes Perl too. It offers some morbid fascination. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so at some point it was Perl. At some point it was D, like the better C++. Uh -huh. But... I was not happy with all of it. And then I met Ruby and it was like love from the first sight. And I'm, I'm still in love. It was like 2003rd year, I believe. I am one of rare guys who came not from web development, not from Rails, but uh, from love, love to the language and finding what, what I can do in, in this language uh, from some small script experiments. And suddenly I was full, full in, into Ruby and, and still am. That's awesome. So what have you done with Ruby that you're particularly proud of or people would be interested in? Uh, well, the, my, my uh, like the project that takes most most of my free time and uh, most most of my pride and so on is uh, called reality. Uh, some some of people probably heard about it because I uh, sometimes became pre pretty loud about it. It's um, uh, thing that I'm I borrow borrowed the ideas from Wolfram language of uh, Stephen Wolfram Wolfram Mathematica Wolfram Alpha fame. Uh, the one particular idea in it is uh, integrated data in Wolfram language. Statements like countries, planets, uh, uh, famous people, famous paintings, uh, facts about you know pizza recipe and so on. 
it's all not uh, not some database or something. It's a data in integrated into the language itself. So you can mm -hmm. write in one line statements like Ukraine capital distance to Japan capital divide by distance from Earth to Moon and uh, something something something. Oh, uh, wow. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really 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 cool. And uh, uh, currently the system like Wolfram it's spread everywhere. I believe if you ask Siri something like how many answers are in pound uh, and it it will ask evolve from alpha and answer you and uh, at some point i uh, started to wonder if it, it can be reproduced to some extent with open source and open data because evolve from uh, alpha and evolve from language is very cool but it's like uh, closed source commercial uh, from uh, evolve from labs and that their data and uh, their software and uh, so I'm, I'm working on a huge project which is uh, after three years of work is still at its early stages uh, but yeah the, the idea is to use uh, all open data in the world uh, in some idiomatic manner in Ruby and may, maybe mm -hmm. if you change some other languages to uh, so, so that you you can write those statements like all movies that Tom Hanks were in, uh, what of them uh, were made by Spielberg and in which years and what other films were, <laughs> were made in this years and so on and so on. It's, uh, you know, if if you have the data, uh, that uh, then Ruby is very concise language to manipulate the data. Uh, but uh, the, the trick is to have the data. So I'm working on it. Yeah. Awesome. So where, where can we go see this project? Well, it's it's already published in some form. Uh, it's on GitHub. I showed it on some conferences. So uh -huh. I'm, I'm. It is in a cool cool demo when I show it state, more or less. But currently, I I I believe that I'm I'm on some roads that um, ho hopefully this, this year would be more serious re releases uh, to make make it really really useful. Yep, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll see if we can get links to some of the talks and GitHub repos in the in the show notes. And then you you mentioned that you work for a company that does uh, translation, speech to text. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, was that written in Ruby or is that written in something else? No, as you can guess, it's written in Python. Right. <laughs> like I have everything related to machine machine uh, learning these days right. so we can have like uh, python python is scientists and everything else is in ruby because uh, there are a lot of things that that are done for for clients for editors who check them mm -hmm. how machine works and so on and so on it's uh, a lot of tr tricky stuff a lot a lot of work with text processing and so on and so on so it's pretty fascinating too awesome what are you working on now? Is it mostly still this this project, you know, with the uh, integrated data, or, or do you have other things on the fire? Yeah, more, uh, more, uh, more or less this project, and uh, also one one of areas uh, I uh, became more more interested in, like last year, is the development of of the Ruby itself. I uh, I am not that profic proficient in in C. It was like. Uh, 15 years ago when mm -hmm. I last, uh, last wrote a lot of C. So I am I am not contributing uh, uh, to, to the language itself, but I am, uh, I'd say I'll, I'm contributing to discussions of new features 
uh, I am working on documentation, like proper language reference, which which we surprisingly uh, don't have on um, experimental libraries that can show show some things that uh, how it can can be done in uh, idiomatic Ruby. Some of that we discussed when when we talked about functional Ruby and so on. So that's another area of interest that uh, I am uh, participating a lot. Awesome, and yeah, all that all that documentation is really helpful when people are looking for answers to things or how do I X Y Z with Ruby. It just it really helps. Yeah, well that that's pretty much all the questions I had. Um, I am a little bit curious. Usually, most of the developers I talk to are in the United States. What's the Ruby community like in Ukraine? It's uh, pretty large. Like I, I, I don't know by American measures, but for example, uh, my city, Kharkiv, there, uh, there are like if uh, if there are there is some meetup, local local meetup, which can be like every month or every two months. It would be from several dozens to several hundreds of people. If uh, well, several hundreds is if meetup is free and pro- proposes free mm-hmm. repeats and so on. And so uh, most of the people would be just. Uh, like novices and curious people, but uh, high-level meetups, it's uh, more like several dozens. And a recent Ukrainian Ruby conference named uh, Ruby C uh, in Kiev in uh, the beginning of June, it was, I believe, like uh, 300 of people or something like that. Uh, not all of them from Ukraine, Some, a lot of Europeans visit us, but that's uh, about the size of the community but i'd say that uh, in recent years it's uh, it be- uh, become uh, a bit smaller because uh, you know i i believe it it works everywhere in, in the world this way maybe except japan when people who who just uh, migrate uh, somebody to go somebody to know js to like more more, more hipster tech or to more pragmatic tech who right. some somebody says but uh, yes a lot of people still stay very cool yeah it's it's interesting to see kind of the same movement here in some ways where I mean, we used to have meetups where we'd have 30, 40, 50, 60 people, you know. And then, you know, depending on the meetup now, you know, we'll have between 10, 20 people if if it's a good crowd. And sometimes it's just a handful of people. And it's just, yeah, you know, companies are moving on to other technologies for different needs. And, you know, so they don't have time to keep up on Ruby and whatever it is that they're working in these days. So. Well, in, in in Ukraine, I I believe that we have a lot of programmers working uh, for outsourcing or, or out stuff because like mm-hmm. life here is cheap. Uh, so uh, I I believe that community at some point even even still still grow at some to some extent because mm-hmm. uh, where where the I don't know some uh, old, older sites uh, which are not 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 uh, startups anymore but they still still need support they try to find find people to support that and uh, ukrainians who are relatively cheap well they 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 find their fortune there mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah i think i think that's going to be a, a thing going forward too and i do see startups still using ruby and ruby on rails so it's not like ruby is dying per se it's just that some of the more Ruby hit its stride when, when web was hot. And so it grew a ton then. And now we're seeing a lot of growth in areas like AI and uh, VR, AR or IOT, 
You know, so there are some of these other areas where there are other languages that seem to have a little bit better core technology for some of that stuff. And it's not necessarily even that Ruby isn't the right language. It's just that these other systems, like, for example, Python with its science and math libraries, you know, people reach for those more readily because Ruby just doesn't have the same kind of library. And so... Yeah, that's one one of my pain points because uh, for for a long time I was trying to participate in uh, scientific Ruby community. In fact, trying to uh, make decent decent Ruby library for science to mm-hmm. chase with Python. Uh, but like last last month, as I become like uh, less enthusiastic about it because it's clearly visible that we uh, we don't have enough traction. I I had some high hopes for breakthrough like uh, ra- Rails were at uh, Web Days when right. it was like uh, it was like Perl, Python, PHP, Ruby, and then wow, Ruby on Rails, and uh, everybody switched to Ruby for bad or for good. It's a uh, uh, discussable question, but but still. And uh, I I hope that uh, Ruby with its expressiveness and so on, it would be some some breakthrough. But but uh, I believe that the community that try tries to do that internationally is pretty small. There are a lot of good work in Japan, but. It's an, it's one of my other pain points. Uh, it's typically stays in Japan because they they are pretty pretty private and pretty local people and discuss things in uh, mm-hmm. in Japanese. And yeah, yeah, it's it stays this this way. And some very interesting projects that you can uh, see presented that would be Kaigi, for example. It uh, they they will never never become popular outside of Japan. And uh, the international Ruby com- uh, the international scientific Ruby community it uh, it's so small that I almost lost lost my hopes for for the breakthrough. So I uh, as as you can hear, I even ha- haven't enumerated scientific Ruby as one of my current activities. Because, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, I am not doing a lot in this area, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, I, I still think it'd be interesting to see the scientific and uh, numeric libraries. You know, because NumPy and SciPy both have uh, CPA, C APIs that you can hit, and so it'd be interesting to see you know Ruby bindings or JavaScript bindings or something written to those. But yeah, I, I'm sure it's not as simple as just saying it. But yeah, it, it it'd be interesting to just see some of these other options come forward and. And then see what happens when you have a slightly different paradigm sitting on top of it. Yeah, communicating with C APIs of Python libraries is one one of the main things that the scientific Ruby community tries to do, and uh, that's exactly why it's not that interesting for me because it's exactly not not the different parad- paradigm. It's right. just like uh, let's repeat all the Pythonists have uh, in Ruby and see w- w- what we will have. We will have <laughs> exactly the same. It's right. not fascinating. Yeah, that is interesting. All right. Well, uh, the last part of the show is picks. Do you have some things you want to shout out about? Is your job search stuck? Maybe you're not getting any interviews with employers. Or maybe you are, but no job offers. Or you may be new and not even know where to start. This is Charles Maxwood, and I'm releasing a new course and ebook on how to find a job as a software developer. The course walks you through the process of finding the types of companies you want to work for, getting their attention, and putting your best foot forward as the candidate they want. I've coached dozens of developers in looking for jobs and have been able to help several people find jobs within two weeks to two months. So whether you're new to development, can't find a great job that fits what you want, or are looking for remote work from an area without a strong tech community, I can help. Go to getacoderjob.com and sign up today. Yep. 
Yep, I have three, three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one is a Ruby reference I compiled from uh, the core Ruby docs and uh, some good uh, book template and uh, made uh, this repo that, that community could um, community could uh, participate in uh, making it uh, uh, always always actual but but it it should be pretty easy and that that what i was talking about earlier that uh, ruby is one one of the languages that uh, unfortunately don't don't have obvious actual and uh, like more modern looking reference book uh, so mm-hmm. i'm i'm trying to do to do something about it yeah that's uh, that's from programming side and uh, i also one wanted to point uh, at two books uh, translated from ukrainian maybe somebody as i'm i am ukrainian and i i have this opportunity maybe somebody would be interested in one is a novel of uh, our modern very very uh, popular author Sergei Jadan. It's uh, called Voroshilovgrad. It's translated recently into English, and uh, I uh, heard that translation is uh, is pre- pretty good. It's like uh, I I can say it's something like U- Ukrainian magic uh, magic realism, uh, and so so if uh, you have at least some interest in. Uh, Modern Eastern European writing, maybe maybe you'll be interested. And another one is, um, as I am a poet, <laughs> I, I try uh, not not to bother other programmers with poetry. But well, this this time I will. It's uh, uh, a book called uh, Words for War. Uh, it recently compiled a book of Ukrainian poetry translated into into English uh, related to the war at the east of ukraine so i i know that well it's uh, prob- probably bad, um, bad bad tone to touch politics but it's like a good poetry really it's i i believe that uh, sometimes sometimes programmers uh, should take a look at some poetry because uh, the thing thing that it's not that different from what we do we we have some uh, meaning to express uh, we have some lang- language to work with we have some uh, constructs uh, in in this language, and we try to put them in 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 the best way possible to to express the meaning that can be said uh, about poetry and about programming. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. my picks. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to jump in here with a few picks myself. The first one is I'm going to be recording. I think this afternoon an episode of Elixir Mix. Uh, a lot of people in the Ruby community are into Elixir. We're going to be talking about GDPR. Uh, a lot of people are interested in it, worried about it. So yeah, we're going to be having a conversation about that. And it should come out, I think, this week as we record this on Elixir Mix. Uh, the second pick I have is a game that I've been playing on my phone while I was on vacation. And it is uh, Bloons Tower Defense 6. Um, I've played since, I think, Tower Defense 4, you know, just off and on. And it's been a lot of fun to just, you know, fiddle around with it and and stuff. And so I, I've been enjoying that. And yeah, I think I think those are all the picks that I have. If people want to find you online, Victor, where do they go? I am Zverok everywhere on GitHub, on Twitter, on uh, my personal site is also Zverok GitHub IO. So yeah, and and links to, to all my work is on my personal site that you can find from my GitHub or my Twitter. It's not hard. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming and talking to me for the last half hour. We'll uh, go ahead and wrap this one up and we will catch everyone next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. 
Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.